0: She is pint size and potent, and she's our guest uh, this evening for our SMME exchange. And this is something we traditionally do every single t- Tuesday. We talk to small businesses, and today we are focusing on the PR industry. The questions we are focusing on is, what type of challenges do they face in, in that industry? And and perhaps what are the differences between uh, communications and, and, and media and PR? And I think a lot of people who may not, Specifically, be specialising in those fields would want to know. You know, are there fine lines? What are the differentiators? Our guest today, Allegro uh, Dingwanyana, is the founder of Orgela Media, and uh, I I must I must say, uh, I met you. On social media and mm-hmm. on your work online, way before I got to to meet you in in person, so it, it certainly is one of those situations where your work precedes you, young lady. <laughs> Thank you so
1: much. That well, means a
0: lot. <laughs> <laughs> no, you you really have been doing this from a really really young age. Uh, let, let me give you a bit of background about her. You know, she's. Uh, South African, as far as we know, dot, dot, dot. Mm -hmm. She's an entrepreneur. She's a media personality as well as a philanthropist. She's the founder and CEO of Orgela Group, which currently has nine entities, nine entities. I kid you not. And these include Orgela Media communications, events, and a whole lot more. Uh, Allegro launched the first entity of her group company, which was the entertainment blog Orgela Entertainment in October 2011. And, and that's where I first actually got to meet you through through your work way back when in, yeah. in 2011. And, and she was... But 21 years old. Mm-hmm. And after that, uh, she uh, launched the PR side of her, of her business and then the marketing agency, Orgela Communications. And to date, she is hailed as one of the youngest owners of a 100% black-owned media company in South Africa. Congratulations once again. Thank you. Uh, and uh, the, the fact that you're actually turning eight, right? Yes, uh, yesterday. You turned eight yesterday. Well, happy birthday to (laughs) you. Thank you you so much. Uh, Let let me ask this. uh, What is it at the young age of 21 that made you know that communications is your field? Because Mm. clearly it's about content. If I look at the common thread that runs through everything that you do, how did you know that the bug had bit you?
1: I knew from about the age of 16, um, I was an avid, um, still am actually an avid follower of Oprah Winfrey. I loved, and not just the person, but, you know, the TV production, um, how they put together their stories, how she communicated with her audience and so on. So I remember when I was in matric telling my mom that I want to be, um, I want to go to UJ and study journalism. She was like, you want to be Shwashi?"
0: You want to be motwadita
1: <laughs> what's going on? I said, no, no, no. I want to study the business of journalism, communications, public relations. It's not just about writing stories, being in a newsroom and chaos and all of that. And um, she didn't understand at the time. But I had an idea of where I wanted to go. And I knew that in order to be the Allegra that I am today, I needed to understand the business I was going into, the field of work I was going to enter. And that meant studying the journalism field. And I majored in communications and philosophy.
0: So it made it a little easier for me to start my own period. Our agency. So not only are you going to be communicating, but you'll be thinking about what you're communicating and I guess the marriage then of yeah. um, the philosophy and, and communications. Let me ask this. If, if you are looking at Oprah as perhaps one of your key role models, mm. one would think, ah, you want to get into hosting, yes. uh, that you would want to be a, a talk show host. Yes. Why was that not your first port of entry or was it? It was at one point. I think I've, I've gone
1: through about 12 um career options. Um, I was in radio for four years at UJFM. I thought I wanted to be in radio forever. And then you get to a point where you realize that actually the passion is not there anymore. That means I need to move on to the next thing. And um, when I got to PR and just being an entrepreneur in business, the passion has never run dry. Um, I'm always excited. I wake up every day like it's the first year I started the business and I know that this is where I'm meant to be. I mean, I've tried. I've doubled in TV presenting, um, hosting my own shows, Well, MCing. look, you've got the teeth for it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I'm but, a teeth person. <laughs> yeah. But if you know, I mean, where you're comfortable and you settle, and like I said, you, you love what you do every single day, no matter what challenges you face. Um, that's where you know that this is where I'm meant to be. And I found that at a very young age, which is why I've been able to build from 21. I'm 29 today. And I've been, you know, consistent over the years with what I'm doing.
0: And, and I guess that is a sure marker of uh, what your mm-hmm. calling is when you're able to go beyond the passion, when the passion doesn't wane and every day uh, seems yeah. like it's, it's a fresh new beginning, fresh new challenges. She mm-hmm. is our guest uh, this morning, in our, I mean rather this evening at our SMME exchange, Allegro Denguanyana, founder of Orgela Media. We continue our conversation just after this as we dabble into all the various areas of media that she has not only uh, set her foot in but literally she's kicked open the door (laughs) that's what she's done it is exactly 13 minutes after eight o'clock this is a metro fm talk do remember to tweet us at metro fm sa as well as at life with Tommy and our hashtag is hashtag metro fm talk What is your Twitter handle, Allegra? Allegro underscore D. That's A-L-L-E-G-R-O underscore D. Well, you can tweet us at uh, Allegro as well, and uh, we'll share some of your comments. Allegro, we're focusing today primarily on the PR industry, and I I like the landscape that you you painted for us a bit earlier on Mm. about the various options that you had while you were studying, uh, how you went into marketing, communications, PR, Mm. and and all of that. But what is the key differentiator between all of these various aspects Mm. of the media space?
1: I think when you look at public relations and marketing, which is what, um, from personal experience, a lot of potential clients confuse when they come to us, um, is the deliverables from both ends you know um, somebody comes to us and says listen I need PR and I sit with them and I'm like what exactly do you need for us to do you know um, in the next six months unpack that for me and then at the end of the conversation I realize that they need marketing you know because they want something that's going to translate into sales whether it's a product or they're promoting a concert happening in the next six months and they want people to buy tickets not not exactly okay here I am as an up and coming artist I need exposure forget about Selling my albums right now. I need to be known. I need people to know my name, know my brand, what I'm about. And public relations really deals a lot with that. It's a relationship between um, that we build as publicists between yourself and your potential audience, target market, um, and controlling the conversations that happen on different media platforms, especially social media. That's where we come in. And then marketing is okay. We're building this brand, but now how do we convert it to sales? How do you make money? Um, and then there's all sorts of other different methods involved. Um, Where I'll I'll just give an example, publicists don't deal with billboards. I don't create billboards for you. I don't try and um, get an ad running for you so that you can make money, you know, for whatever campaign. But a marketer will say, listen, for this campaign to work, you're going to need to, you know, put up billboards. We're going to have to go into TV, radio, ads. These are the prices. Do we have a marketing budget? We pay for that and then we run with it, you know. So there's a slide. I mean,
0: there's a fine line um, because I feel like also publicists work with marketers. Right, You know, you, and, and also you've got to build the reputation so that the outcomes of, of whatever marketing Strategy you have yeah. are, are built on, on something solid. Exactly. But are there parts of your your group mm. that actually handle the marketing aspect of it?
1: Yes, we actually do. We expanded about three years ago because we realized that a lot of our clients coming in for public relations at the end of the day would need marketing services. And I got tired of outsourcing and um, <laughs> like, you know just <laughs> I've, getting i I've, I've helped build this brand. I might yeah. as well you know monetize <laughs> it. Right, I until literally the end. would watch money go out, and I'm like, we need to have a marketing division. <laughs> People come in, and we can't do marketing. I can't do it, but how? why can't I hire somebody that deals with marketing? So when we're done with the PR, I send you to somebody else that's gonna help you with the marketing and the money stays with us. So,
0: yeah. Well, you've got Orgella Media, mm-hmm. you've got Orgella Communications, mm-hmm. uh, you've got the, the PR side of it, and, and you've got the venting. The mm-hmm. difference then between the communications and, and what it is that you've described now? The difference with Orgella Communications? Yeah, the and communications, with, communications with the marketing and then the PR. Orgelo Communication is actually the hub of our PR and marketing agency. Right. So you've folded the PR as well as the marketing into the the umbrella communications holding body, so to speak. All right. That's awesome. Now, if somebody wants to get into the industry that you're in now, Mm. as far as new entrants are, are concerned, what should they be doing? What are the major challenges that they're likely to face? How do they best prepare themselves so that they come in? And not only come in, but stay in and succeed in the PR industry. Did you hear that sigh? <laughs> um. It's it's tricky, especially because I've been doing it
1: from a very young age. I'm not a veteran. Um, I'm almost a decade in the business, but you,
0: you, you're you in, I, I you're out. The, I think <laughs> by the time you get to 10 years, you, you, you kind of will be called a veteran. Yeah. In, in you're this.
1: in, you're out. I mean, you see young kids saying, well, I'm starting my own PR agency and I'm doing PR. And then you're like, what exactly, what are the skills that you have? They're like, well, I just know people. I know a producer of Metro Fame. I know a couple of friends that work in the industry. So surely I can pull it off. And Three months down the line, not even a year, they've closed down or they're looking for a job because they can't sustain themselves through this business that they, st- they they try to start. So a lot of them have this misconception that if I know people, that's good enough. I don't really need to put in the actual work. Do you know how to draft a press release? Um, that's the first thing. When we get PR interns at the office and I ask you, draft a press release for one of our clients um, and you take the whole day, you can't even do it in 15 minutes, there's a problem. Um, I remember telling one of our interns that your parents need to go get a refund from whatever university you (laughs) went to. You so did not. No, I did because (laughs) she couldn't couldn't write a press release. Struggled the whole day from nine till five and I got nothing on my desk and I said, but what did they teach you at the institution you went to? This is not public relations. this is not child's play, you know, and you're expected to now leave this institution, come into the real world, get a job and tell me that you need to earn 25,000 rand plus a month. Who's going to pay you if I need to teach you? So I think also the expectations are just ridiculous um, from people that want to enter the market. They think that it's glitz and glam, the entertainment industry as a whole, publicists, um, which sometimes I do blame some of the publicists we have and not just in the country because you see publicists walking the red carpet and not doing the work. Even the trained way journalists are supposed to be covering an event but they're being the celebrity in front of the cameras and you ask yourself, what exactly are you doing? Um, do your job, stay on this side and let the stars shine. You know, so people now want to be famous for being a journalist, famous for being a publicist. publicist. Exactly. Exactly. You know, um, so the expectations need to be clear from the get-go. Do you want to be in this as, you know, um, an entrepreneur, make money, do the work, whether people really know you or not, as long as your clients can speak volumes about the work that you do, then you're great. But if you want to be the celebrity in front of the camera and also making money, it's going to be a bit tricky You're blurring the lines exactly it's going to yeah. be a bit tricky so there's that firstly and then also i mean pr i think globally is it changes every day um and especially in africa where most i mean 80% if not more of um our entertainers think they don't need pr they come to us when there's a crisis. When they need reputation management, crisis management, they're like, oh my goodness, I need a publicist. Something's going wrong. But they don't understand that you would have avoided that had you had a publicist, you know, and a manager working together from the get-go to build your brand and, you know, help you navigate through, you know, um, rising to the top and so on. I mean, you go into interviews, you say the wrong thing and your brand is over. You know, so it's things like that where they think I'll call a publicist when I'm in trouble. Even corporates do that. When they're in a big scandal, they start looking around and okay oh my goodness we need to now invest in our pr all along they give their pr department peanuts because they don't think it's worth investing and in. they don't think that we need pr right now so the the very least budget goes to them and then they see what they do with it and that's another thing you're not going to make a lot of money like that's just how it is, especially as a small, medium um, PR firm, you're not going to make a lot of money because you struggle just to retain clients. You know, even trying to retain somebody on six month contract is difficult, and that
0: time they're still paying peanuts with an endless list of expectations. They'll tell and, you, and and all those expectations are really time consuming. But I'd like us to yeah. go into that just after this break. Let's talk about billing. Let's talk about how you you do make your money, and let's mm. also talk about brand authenticity uh, because I, I, that must be very key for you. Because yeah. you also want, you know, the brand message to be aligned to the the soul of the brand uh, so mm-hmm. that what you are actually communicating is authentic and you're not selling people um, a, a mirage, something that, that is not there. And how you have dealt with situations where there doesn't seem to be a synergy between the brand promise and the actual brand essence. Exactly. We are in conversation with Allegro Dinguanyana founder of Alleg- um, Orgella Media, <laughs> rather. <laughs> Quite a mouthful, isn't it? <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) It's 21 minutes after 8 o'clock. In the spotlight this evening, none other than Allegro Dinguanyana, founder of Orgela Media. She is in the hot seat today on the SME exchange and getting mm-hmm. tweets from uh, <laughs> all her, her fabulous her Twitter followers saying you are doing what? <laughs> the most. You are doing the <laughs> most. Yes, yes, yes. And we concur with all of you. She certainly is doing the most. Now, before the break, uh, I was talking about the the, the very, um, I think, central issue of authenticity. Mm. The brand promise. Versus the brand essence. I mean, have you found yourself in a situation where a, a, a client is wanting to portray something other than what they are, and they really expect you to to pull a rabbit out of a uh, out of a hat?
1: Yeah, I always say we're not miracle workers. Um, people come to you literally with no budget. And expect to get something fabulous amazing they'll call you after a month of signing contract "Um, when am I on the cover of GQ Cosmopolitan oh my gosh I am a star put me out there and you're like do you know how long it takes to build a brand that is going to command that kind of respect and attention for editors to sit in a boardroom and say listen we like her we want to put her on our next cover there's not much I can sell you I could sing praises but if you are not it and you've not made it to that level there's nothing your publicist can do you know if if Anything they're going to lie to you and tell you, I'll put you on a cover in three months just to keep you on a retainer for the next three months. Take your money and then you're nowhere. And also don't chase the fame. Do the work. If you're going to be famous of something that is solid, something that you love, if you're an artist, be good at being an artist, a singer, whatever it is, a designer, be that person. And then let your publicist, work their magic around your brand don't come in and say i don't really know what i can do i want to be famous i'll do anything that's where the problem comes with brand authenticity where somebody just they change every season because they're going with the trend who's doing what this season i saw maybe this actress getting a new car deal so why how come i'm not getting it what are they doing let me also do that then maybe next season i'll get the car or whatever it is and you're like you're hopping around everywhere what do you want to be perceived as in the public eye? What are you selling that people should buy into? And understand that not everybody's gonna like you. There's a target market for everything. And um, I even tell my team this when we put in together strategies for clients that some clients don't always come to me with the same type of strategy. Some clients accounts don't need to be on Instagram. Their audience is on Facebook. So let's put together a strategy that fits their target market. Don't sell me some per- pitch perfect idea um, of them on Instagram. Meanwhile, they have like 10% of their audience on Instagram. It's not going to work for the client. Same as a, a brand. They need to know where their um, listeners are, their, their buyers, whatever it is, and understand where I need to plug myself in. And just Be authentic. I don't know how I can sell that. Just just be
0: real. Do you. Yeah. I I mean, I'm a a quotes person. So at this point, I want to share just two of the quotes Mm. uh, so far from Allegro. Don't chase the fame. Do the work. Yeah. Uh, the second one that I really liked from you is, who's going to pay you if I'm going to need to teach you? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now that's one we deal with every day because every, I think every day we get about
1: 20 internship requests. Um, and they come in there bright and excited. I want to learn. And then... A month down the line, there's nothing. They're like, well, I haven't seen a star walk in the office in a while. I thought I was going to be taking selfies with the stars. I thought I was going to be covering events, yet I'm here doing the admin, doing the work. That's what they don't want to do because they don't see that on social media. They don't see the hard work. So they see the the lifestyle, the fancy, the events, the brands, the the gift PR drop-offs that the stars get. And they think, well, that's an industry I'm going into. Meanwhile, that doesn't pay. you know. And um, then the reality checks in and they realize that I actually don't want to be a publicist.
0: It's actually a lot of work. But if you're willing to do the work, the rewards can be great. I mean, you you, you still classify your your company, even though it's eight years old, you still classify yourself as a small, medium business. Mm. I mean, is that what what you want or do you have dreams of of being a larger PR company?
1: Definitely have dreams of um, growing. Um, It's challenging, but... um, Bit by bit, I like to pace myself in everything that I do. And I never want to bite off too much um, that I can handle. So we grow every year. I launch a a new entity when, you know, we've set the foundation, we're solid enough, and I feel comfortable that we can, you know, move to the next level. Um, And last year when we turned seven, I actually um, put it out on social media that after seven years of business, I finally laid the foundation. That's how long it took me, you know. And if you're going to be an entrepreneur and you think that in a year or two, then I would have made it wake up. It's not going to happen. You learn every day if business fluctuates you know every day it goes up and down you learn you make a wrong turn you come back you restructure you think okay where did I go wrong how do I fix it and how do I grow and after eight years I finally felt like okay now we're moving now this is the next phase I spent seven years um, from starting my business actually laying the foundation I'm comfortable with where we are and I'm in discussions with actually expanding in Nigeria in London um, where we've had offers where um, there's individuals there that want to expand and set up our office there
0: and and, you know, who knows? I could be making money in pounds. Come on. <laughs> I smell the pounds coming. I smell yeah. the pounds coming. But as far as I mean, you've just moved offices. We were just sharing off there that you yeah. just moved offices from Melville and you're now uh, in water, Waterfall. in, in waterfall. Of Africa. And, and how big is your staff complement? Or, yeah. or, or do you work a lot with, um, you know, freelancers, depending mm-hmm. on how busy you may be at a particular time? Mm.
1: I've got 13 um, permanent staff. And then we've got about I think 16, 15 freelancers. Um, and then on uh, Ogilla Helping Hands, the um, uh, charity foundation, we've got 48 volunteers. Um, so it's spread out. But a lot of the times we do take in work from freelancers. You might be with us for six months. We're working on maybe we're signing a new client um, and it's, it's a concert or a major event that we're doing and we, we don't have um, the manpower in house to handle it. I will outsource you on contract for the next six months or maybe 12 months. When we're done, You know, you get your money and we part ways.
0: And then I do have guys
1: that are on payroll.
0: Running a business is not easy. And talking about payroll, I mean, have there been months and times where you just simply could not pay everybody? Mm. You've got rent to pay. Uh, Yes, you've got clients or maybe you don't have clients or some Mm. of them haven't paid. Have you had those experiences as a business person? (sighs) Luckily not. Not.
1: Last year we almost. My, last year my biggest fear was retrenching. 2018 was a bad year. I even said, I don't care who you are. A lot of businesses closed last year. Do not lie. It almost toiled. Every everybody, literally, like big, small. You know, it was it was a bad year. Um, but I always get paid. Lost. My bills come last. And that, that's a sacrifice I told myself I would make. Um, none of my employees, even my very first employees, Netenba Ngubani, who started with me in 2012 when I couldn't even pay her. And I would only pay her stipend for transport. Till today, she still works with me. And I've never, ever paid them late. Um, I would rather, I always tell my accountant, Tendai, please make sure everybody is paid. Whatever's left, I'll sort myself out. We'll figure out what happens. Till I got to a point where I actually get a salary. I have a payslip from my own company. <laughs> I was like, are, are, wow. you, "Are you there now? Do you I'm have like, that? You're legitimately goodness. employed by I, yourself." I pay myself, and and it's 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 a great feeling, not just to go around swiping the business card, whatever that's left, you paying your own bills and my car and this and that, just to actually get my salary and my payslip from Orgella Group
0: feels amazing. But and it at what took point? Years. Hum, at, at what point between now and the eight year span? Six. At at your six, yeah. you were able to. I was pay able to a to a have a salary up until then.
1: I just took whatever that was left and you just kept the business going and make sure that whoever I, I have on contract, who I hired and said, this is what you will get at the end of every month. I I stay true to that agreement and I pay them. You know, I've never had to sit with them and say, listen, you can see for yourself, we only have two clients left. Where do you think I'm gonna get the money? That's when when you do have a lot of clients, you invest back into the business and you make sure that you're covered for the rainy months, the dry seasons do come and there's no clients and it's just it just happens every year where you know for the next three, four months, it goes quiet and usually for us it's the winter season and then everybody's back from spring festive we're all doing something there's content i need pr and then we're busy all over again when we're busy invest and save don't go just blow the money and think I've made it or I'll go on holiday or whatever. Then you come back
0: in January and then you can't pay your staff. So not that there haven't been dry seasons. Mm. There have been dry seasons where perhaps you haven't had clients or money hasn't been coming in. Mm. But because you were well prepared, because you saved for those dry seasons, you were still able to be in a land of plenty. So to speak, even though you were quote unquote, in, in a recession for that particular period. Or exactly. That particular I always save
1: at least six months ahead. Um, because I know there's something's got to give in six months. We will get new clients. If I am, if I can pay people, if God forbid we have two clients or one client left, but for the next six months I can continue to pay you guys. I've
0: saved up for that long. But after that, I guys, you need to find a new job or something. <laughs> now, now, now let's talk about the fact that you've laid the foundation. You're happy. Um, you've, it's now eight years. What about? companies like a big corporates we're mm. talking about the banks multinationals jse listed companies are those in your horizon have you ever pitched for any of those would you like to pitch for any of those mm. accounts
1: Yes, actually. Um, we actually don't put out all our clients um, on social media. Some of them prefer to be private. I actually handle most of the corporate clients. So we do corporate and celebrity PR. Um, most of the, the entertainers, the celebrities, don't mind us sharing on our social media pages who we're working with. But we also have a number of corporate clients um, that we've pitched for, we've done work with, and we don't put it out there. Um, so a lot of people tend to ask, how is Ogello Communications doing? You know, um, Because they just judge from what they see on social media. They don't know that I'm doing some work with Avon South Africa. They don't know I've just pitched to invest tech. They don't know that I'm doing... You know, so there's a lot going on on the corporate side, which actually keeps the business afloat. Um, corporate clients at least come in with a strategy with uh, a budget also in say, fund. we can pay 30k, 40k a month for the next 12 months. They take on longer um, contracts and they're on retainer for a lot longer than um, an in- individual client that comes and says, well, I have 10 grand or eight grand. What can you do for me for the next three months? And even in that three months, they'll pay you on time the first month the next two months you have to send an invoice resend it five times until you get your money because they just don't pay so we try not take on the smaller clients a lot of them because otherwise you're always stressed out trying to get money
0: you've got to stay in business yeah and let's talk about transformation within the 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 pr industry Mm. how transformed is it as far as um, women are concerned and and also Mm. as far as black people Not as transformed as I I personally would
1: love to um, see it being. um, But there are a lot more women in PR than there are men. But also, on the other end, the men that are in the PR space are thriving way better than the woman. There's a lot <laughs> and, of women in and, PR. And, and, and why is that though? Why and would you say that? And you ask yourself, even with the, the small number of men owning PR agencies, they're the ones that are doing so well. And, you know, these ladies that are trying and trying and they can't even retain just one client. But
0: why? You know, I why, think, why, I,
1: mean, why, I mean, we yeah, still Lika. face issues like, I mean, sexism is there. It's everywhere. You know, the race card gets played a lot. I still get it. You know, just late last year, I remember pitching. We were called, actually approached to pitch for um, an expo that's happening uh, in 20, next year, in 2020. And then they told us that you're also pitching up against this company in Cape Town. We did some research. It's white-owned. Um, hasn't been in the industry for eight years like us. And they won the pitch, not because we believe, not because that they're good at what they do, but they're white. And I don't know, that's just pleasing to some people, you know, and then they come to you and they're like, if they are going to go with Ogello Communications, it's can we get a discount? Let's see how it goes the first year. We'll take the contract and then uh, maybe next year if things go well, if thing, they almost put you on trial. All the time. You have to prove yourself first before you can really um, charge what you deserve. You always have to just take it. Sometimes you look at it like, okay, it's a great brand to affiliate ourselves with. Let's go for it and show them what we can do. Then next year, when we come in with our figure, there's no way they're going to say no. And then next year, they just jump ship and go to somebody else. After you've made all the sacrifice. After you have done all the work and pleased them. And you know what? You did an amazing job as an agency. We actually sit back and be like, actually, we did our thing. You never get a call back and then they move on to somebody else. So it's hard retaining clients and also just being taken seriously, especially as black female owned um, PR firms. It's people just want to pay age peanuts. Do is an issue? It is. Definitely is. I've been told a lot of times that I'm too young and inexperienced to um, run a media company because I've never worked for a
0: media company. But I said, why do I need to work for one first for you to believe that I can do the job? And working for somebody, I'd like us to look at... Uh, entrepreneurship as an antidote mm. to the, the, the issue of unemployment that we're currently facing in our country. Do you think that South Africans are, are really set on entrepreneurship and really view entrepreneurship as a solution uh, mm. to the unemployment crisis? I don't think
1: they set on it. I think it's a... Uh what else can I do? You know, let me just like look into it. Also, I have a problem with our government advocating for entrepreneurship when they're not funding anybody. You know, um, I've had my share of experience where I, the door literally was shut in my face two, three times um, agencies such as the NYDA, you name them, that tell you, I mean, you, we're going to make you our brand ambassador. We love your story, how far you've come. Yeah, you love my story and the struggle that I've had to go through as a young entrepreneur based in South Africa. And now you can't even give me 10 grand. You can't even give me 10,000 rand, but you need me to be on social media advocating for entrepreneurship so that people can look at that as, you know, let me not wait to graduate and go find a job. Let me start something. How do you expect them to
0: start with no startup capital? Are you, are you saying to me that with all the agencies that are there, the NYDAs mm. of this world, um, a lot of agencies that are advocating specifically for young black women to start their own businesses, yeah. we're therefore you will support you. Are you saying that you've knocked on doors and none of those doors have opened for you. Yeah. Is that I what you I personally
1: knocked on the NYDA twice. Um, different contacts, different levels of management and thinking, okay, this time I'll make it. Nothing happened. And then only in after 2017, when I made the Forbes Africa 30 under 30 list, this is a problem with South Africa. You wait for me to rise on my own and become the star that I am. And then you want to claim me. So I made the cover of Forbes and I was <laughs> on the list. And then the NYDA... Um, made me an ambassador with the NDP 2030 vision that South Africa has. I remember Minister Jeff Radeba awarding us, telling us that they're going to support our businesses. Till today I've never received a cent from the NDP um, program which I'm an ambassador of and I'm supposed to advocate to other young South Africans that go into entrepreneurship and this is what it will do for you. Not even using me as an, as an example. I still self-fund my company till today. And yet I'm trying to, you know, raise awareness and say, listen, nobody's going to do it for you. There are no jobs. Start something. Turn your hobby into a business and just take care of yourself. Because the, all they do is talk and they'll use one or two, three p- people as examples. And then they make it look like they've helped 90% of young South Africans, which is not the case. I know a lot of them. Um, I don't know actually one ambassador
0: amongst my group that had funding. None of them. Now, this is what I call real talk. It's what I call straight yeah. talk. A very, very sobering conversation. In 30 seconds, where would you like to take Orgela Media? Global. Come on, I would girl.
1: definitely, I mean, right now, Trevor Noah is my guy. Come on. The, the sky is not even the limit anymore. I was just on Instagram earlier and I saw Black Coffee on his show and I can't wait to watch that episode. And that for me is like black excellence. It's happening. Nomzamo. You know, a lot of them that are just doing amazing things and just shattering glass ceilings. That just shows you that don't limit yourself and don't just say, yes, Africa's time is now, but look outside of the continent. We need to show the rest of the world who we are and what we can do. I can't wait for the day that Ogello Communications has a global brand, an international star that we are managing, you know, to show you that we can do it. It's not just the small guys that we're managing right now, you know, um, and we're capable. So
0: I can't wait for that day to come. And you know what, Allegro? It's already done. I believe that. It is already <laughs> done. You have everything and so much more. Yeah. Uh, you truly are a real inspiration. May you continue to shine. May your star just, you know, take over the entire galaxy. Yeah. Thank you so you much, really are so awesome. That is Allegro Dinguanyana, founder of Orgela Media. A quote of the day, well, one of many from her. You wait for me to rise on my own, become the star that I am, and then you want to claim me drops Mike.